Hey everybody, it's Kelly Cooper and welcome to episode 245 of the Life Made to Order podcast. The real way to measure your personal growth progress. And this is an important topic because obviously anything we're led to do in the world, including spiritual growth and exploration and personal growth and self-betterment and all that, we're guided for a reason. We're not just doing it for shits and giggles. We're looking to get something from it. We're hoping to change in some way ourselves, improve our life circumstances, whatever. So naturally, we're going to want to know, am I changing? Am I getting anywhere? Is, is any of the stuff that I'm doing quote unquote working? Now, obviously, the main reason we're concerned, especially from like a law of attraction manifestation perspective is if we're honest, our inner work is primarily motivated by desire for external change. That's not wrong. It's not bad. It just is what it is. But also, too, but even for people that are more internally motivated and maybe the outside is still a concern to some degree, which is normal, but they're more, they've kind of crossed that threshold into they're just primarily more interested in the internal change understanding that the internal change will lead to the positive external change that any ego in them finds desirable and the, the ego mind will find those changes pleasing and, and it'll that part still gets taken care of but anyway that's a whole nother topic but regardless of where your focus is there's still for a lot of people there's this sense of wanting to know like am i really getting anywhere with this am i doing it properly and especially for internally focused people, they might be measuring this progress in not a great way, in an incorrect way, which is how much am I still in ego thinking? How much am I still letting ego guide my decisions or how much is egoic thinking still guiding my reactions and how much ego is still quote unquote present within me? And it's understandable to use that as a measuring stick because a lot of these teachings talk about how the egoic thinking is at the root of our problem, that, that false thinking, right? And that's another thing I want to throw in real quick. When I talk, and I've talked about this before, when I'm talking about the ego and the, the problematic thinking, it's not in an antagonistic way like you, you have to be at battle and hate this part of yourself and, oh my God, it's so terrible. I always want to stress it's just... It's not bad. It's not wrong. It's nothing like of a judgment like that. It's just recognizing it's just false. It's thinking is just simply false. There's no judgment of like, it's just, you know, a fact of like, it's false thinking. You know, that's really the message I'm always trying to convey with that. But anyway, right. So because we're thinking that's the problem, then it's like, okay, well, my progress is measured by how much is of that is still me. How much ego do I still have? How much do I still act from ego? And that's a problematic measurement because for the average person, even a more quote unquote spiritually advanced person, as long as we're inhabiting this body, ego will still exist to some extent. We may still react to things from that space. A lot of people, we've repressed a lot of things so, so deeply that they think they can continue to come to the surface for quite some time. So a quote unquote advanced person, even they might have something back in their awareness. They haven't really dealt with yet. They haven't really come to terms with yet. And something happens in the external world and it triggers a huge ego reaction, right? That, that egoic thought system way of looking at something. 
and then they'll want to judge themselves. It's like, oh my God, I'm still react. I know I shouldn't be. And like, it's like, yeah, yeah, no, that's, so that's why we don't want to, that we don't want to use that as the measuring stick. This, how much ego is still present in you and how much you still do that. Of course, to some extent that's helpful to evaluate because then it can show us it, where in our mind we still are clinging to certain ways of thinking. But again, we don't want to use that as the core measuring stick because we still might have those reactions. I find myself reacting egoically all the time. Sometimes it's the littlest things that trigger the biggest reactions, right? It's just, it just is what it is. So another way to measure it would be not how much ego I have or how much I'm still doing that, but when I do act from ego, when I am caught up in egoic thinking, how quickly am I recovering from that? That's really the real measure. Because again, like I said, for a lot of us, as long as we're inhabiting this human form and living in this world where a lot of egoic thinking appears to be very true and we're, we're very, maybe still convinced, like I really think that's kind of true and that's just how it is and we're constantly being assaulted with stuff that undermines our spirit thought system way of thinking, that how quickly do I recover from it is a much more accurate measure. Because if you're recovering more quickly, then it shows you're changing. Because when you're recovering more quickly from those sorts of moments, when you're recovering more quickly from that thinking, that's not happening just randomly. You're recovering more quickly because the spirit thought system or truth or whatever you want to call those, all of those ideas from Buddhism, A Course in Miracles, Ram Dass, Eckhart Tolle, or all, whatever sources, all these different ideas... That's because that has grown that has grown in your awareness and you're now looking at things more through that filter more consistently. And when you're looking at things from that filter more consistently, we can shut down the egoic responses and the egoic behavior more quickly because we're like, oh yeah, like I actually don't more and more of me now is realizing that that way of looking at things is again not bad or wrong, just false. Oh yeah, like I am so habitually conditioned to react this way to this circumstance or this person, but it's like, I'm actually don't really feel that way anymore. I really don't view that person in that way anymore. It's just habitual. It kind of reminds me of, I was reading someone's blog and it was a good analogy. It was kind of talking about how, like when you're pedaling a bike and then you stop, take your feet off the pedals and you're not moving the pedals anymore, but it's still like, there's still some momentum going and it'll stop eventually, again, even though you're not actively pushing on the pedals. It was kind of like she was saying, like I said, it was a good analogy of kind of compare, like what well, that point I just made about a lot of our egoic reactions, it's kind of almost like a residue. It's just, you know, that momentum still going, even though essentially we're not really buying into that thought system as much anymore. We don't believe those things as strongly anymore. So again, we make those quote unquote recoveries more quickly. So if you find yourself still reacting in certain ways, but you're, again, you're recovering more quickly. These reactions are less intense. You're shifting gears thought-wise more quickly than you're making, quote, unquote, what we would judge as what we would consider progress. Because like I said again before, that change is not just random coming out of nowhere. There's a new thought system that you've embraced and that awareness of that, those ideas, that's, that's ever-expanding. That takes up more of your consciousness now, that way of thinking. So the grooves of the egoic thinking, they're not as deep anymore. 
you might still have very habitual reactions, but essentially at the core, you realize, no, I actually don't think that way. I'm just so used to responding in this way. A part of me still thinks that that's the appropriate response, but that part of me is getting a lot smaller now. I don't identify with that thinking as much anymore. Because it's important to recognize this because if we judge it by the sheer fact of we're still having these reactions, we're still thinking and feeling and believing and acting in certain ways, and that alone is the judge, then again, like I said before, because we might always do that to some extent, that's not a great way to evaluate whether we're making these advances in our and these changes because it's not accurate because we still might do that sometimes and it doesn't necessarily mean like, well, well, I'm just totally lost in ego still and I haven't changed and, and then beat ourselves up about it because we'll be holding ourselves to a standard that we'll probably never reach, which the ego loves that. It loves nothing more than having you focus on things in a way that it loves you having focused on things that can't, it can't figure out problems that appear to not be able to be solved. It's the perfect distraction mechanism. So it would like to, in some sense, have you that standard because then it'll like, you know, it'll, then you'll get all like upset and distracted and it's like, okay, good. That's kind of what I want from you. As long as you're not taking this all too seriously, I will leave you alone. But when it sees us taking this seriously, it's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Like what's going on here? And we'll do our best. It will do its best to, to distract us. So think about that, honestly, if you can honestly evaluate yourself, and I'm sure a lot of people, even if it's not a huge amount of progress yet, you might have noticed that you, if you were to measure it by this new criteria, you would be like, yeah, you know what, I think I am changing. I think a lot of this information is starting to stick. I think I am starting to bridge that gap between just intellectual, intellectual appreciation, understanding, acceptance, like, yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense, sounds nice, to where these ideas are truly have permeated more deeply, where they actually inform how you move through the world. They inform your emotional responses. They inform how you interact with other people. They inform your general view of the world. They inform how you view what the human egoic mind would label in your life. It's uh, your problems and uh, circumstances it doesn't like and, and all of those things. You probably, A lot of people probably like, yeah, you know what? I actually, if I look at it that way, I am making some progress. You know, something happened to me last week and I noticed that normally I'd be mad about it for days and I was only mad about it for like a few hours. You know, the other day something happened and I and I really had a really, really intense reaction to it and it actually lasted kind of a long time still, but there was a part of me that was separate from that reaction. I wasn't fully immersed in it like I normally feel I am. There was a part of me observing it the part of me that's expanded the awareness of truth, that expanded, I felt that a little bit. I wasn't reacting through that filter. Spirit, thought system, truth, whatever, wasn't guiding me in the moment fully. But I was more, I feel like I'm more aware of that thinking now. I'm more aware that there's a space in me that's, that's, that's just filled with that. And all the ego shit hasn't, isn't polluting it. It's, it's separate. It's a separate, I feel a separate kind of new part of me. So really think about that. Again, if you look at it through that context, if you look at that as the measuring stick, I'm sure a lot of you will realize that you've absorbed probably a lot more than you thought you have. You've changed a lot more than you thought you have. And you're not doing as bad as you probably think you're doing. Because that's something we have to watch out for on this journey. We can be very, very hard on ourselves. 
we're carrying around a lot of guilt and all these bad things we think about ourselves. And it's easy to project that into this work. And one way is we, you know, that guilt manifests in this realm is we feel guilty that we're not properly applying these teachings. We feel guilty that we think we should be doing certain things and we're not doing them. We feel guilty because we're struggling. We feel guilty because we don't seem to be changing. We guilt, 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 guilt. And it's super, super heavy. And obviously it's super unhelpful. So think about that. Think about this new way of looking at things. Not whether or not you have any sort of egoic habits or reactions anymore, or you're still feel like I still have an ego, you know, kind of thing. It's really about not the presence of that. Well, I still feel like that's present in me, so I'm wrong or bad, and that's bad. But versus how quickly when I get into ego, when ego is running the show, when the ego interpretation of something is dominant in the moment, and I'm really looking at it through that lens, and I'm getting very upset, and all this stuff starts happening emotionally and in my mind, how quickly am I noticing that? How quickly am I recovering from that? How quickly am I engaging in very helpful questioning of, okay, I'm reacting this way right now. This ray of reaction is not serving me. I'm upset. I know now that my feelings really aren't coming out of nowhere. It's coming from merely an interpretation of what's happening, not what's actually happening. What's that interpretation? What's that story? What would spirit say, God, universe, whatever would you like? What would they say about this story? What would they say about this interpretation? They'd probably say that it's not true. And what they would say about it, I prefer that interpretation quite a bit. Maybe a part of me is still resistant to that interpretation. Maybe a part of me is still like, I'm not actually sure if that interpretation is correct. I'd like it to be correct because it feels a lot better. But I've made a commitment to be willing. I'm open to accepting those ideas a lot more. I'm open. I've invited spirit into my mind to help me embrace those ideas. I'm open to having my mind changed. If that's the sort of stuff that you're doing, then yes, you are quote unquote advancing. You are quote unquote doing it right. Again, I always use those quotes. I just like to imply that how we interpret stuff, but it's not really what it is, right? You can't do this right or wrong, good or bad, right? All of that. Or like the way we use certain words and what we mean by progress and all of that. So what we would deem as what we would consider progress, what we would judge as progress, if this is the sort of stuff that you're doing, then yes, you are making progress. So we have to have, like I said before, we have to, you know, have a little compassion for ourselves. We have to, you know, we can't, beat ourselves up too much about this, you know, changing our, our thinking and doing this work, especially on like deeper levels that some of you might be doing when you've really gone deep in your mind and you're really tapping into some deep seated guilt and anger and fear or whatever. It's not easy. No one's under any obligation to do this sort of work. No one's under any obligation to abide by any certain belief system or be any certain way or think any certain way or make the best of their time here or awaken or whatever, right? It's a voluntary, it's a completely voluntary process. And if you've chosen to take on this process, give yourself credit, number one, because like I said, no one has to do this. No one's under on the obligation to do this. It's very easy not to do it. The vast majority of people do not, and that's not a judgment. It's just mere, you know, factual, objective observation. And that's okay. They're not wrong. They're not bad. 
So give yourself credit because you're doing something extremely beneficial, but that's something that's difficult. And not because it's inherently difficult in that, you know, spirit or God is like, you know, the rewards of doing this work are pretty profound. So you really have to earn it by like, this is really hard. Like we're going to make this inherently a, a difficult process. No, it's only difficult because we have a way of thinking that's so contradictory to these other sorts of ways of thinking, these different teachings that we just have a tremendous amount of resistance to in, to embracing them. Because even on the surface, it would seem like a very simple choice between these two thought systems. Be like, well, of course I want to think that way. Thinking that way is will heal me, and thinking that way will actually take care of all my egoic concerns as well and doesn't require any sacrifice from me. Like I think it won't falsely think it does. Oh, yeah, sign me up, right? In theory, it would seem like very easy, but as many of you have seen... It's not easy in that sense because as painful as some of these beliefs we hold are, they appear to be very true. So it's hard, even though we don't want them to be true, they seem to be true. And because they seem to be true, we're like, well, I have to believe that way because that's how it is. A lot of painful beliefs, we actually see a lot of value in believing them. Uh, there's not true value in them in a true sense of the word, but a goic mind thinks that there's value, but obviously because our egoic mind is, is kind of screwy, it's not actually, what it sees as valuable and good is, is not and truly actually valuable and good, right? It's like, well, if I, if believing this thing means that I get to not do something I don't want to do, if believing this belief allows me to avoid an uncomfortable decision, then yes, I will keep believing this, right? It sees value. If believing a certain thing allows someone to keep maintaining a certain image of themselves or another person that they find valuable, then again, they're going to find value in that egoic belief because it allows them to do something they want to keep doing. If believing a certain belief allows ego mind allows you to not change a behavior that might be problematic, but you actually don't want to change, and it's going to want to keep believing the thing that allows you to keep doing the thing that you don't want to stop doing. So, yeah, it's so there's challenge in that sense because it actually sees a lot of value in a lot of its thinking. It's completely, its whole thought system is completely soaked, drenched in intense fear. And it thinks a lot of the things it believes will keep you safe, maybe. It's safer to believe that way, even though there's immense suffering that comes with it. But if our that thought system is completely guided in fears and the things it fears actually aren't true, then acting from that thought system, it's we're we're never we're never acting in our own best interest because we're being guided by false thinking, right? But again, it's it's challenging. So yeah, you want to give yourself credit because again, it's not inherently difficult, but this clash of these two thought systems and all this egoic weird, the fears and this self-sabotaging and all its kind of issues with worthiness and deserving and guilt and all these kind of complicated mix of feelings. Yeah, letting all that go is is challenging because there's a part of us we kind of don't want to let it go. We kind of don't want to. A lot of the spirit thought system thoughts, they sound very nice, but we're actually like, I don't want to love everyone. I don't see everyone as worthy of love. I hate this person and this group of people and this group of people is bad. So, right, 
it's just recognizing that it is challenging. So we do want to give ourselves, you know, some compassion. We want to be patient and we want to accept that it's challenging. Accepting that it's challenging makes it less challenging because a lot of our suffering comes from resisting that it's challenging sometimes. But when we accept it, it's like, yeah, it's just is. I see I'm, I'm up against a thought system that's very resistant to this other thought system. I'm up against a part of my mind that has a lot of screwy thinking about what I deserve and what type of person I am and what, like, again, the guilt and the fear and all of this stuff. So it's like, yeah, it's tricky. So I want to make sure I'm giving myself, you know, credit for doing it, accepting it's challenging and just taking it one step at a time. Because like I said before, if the real measure of progress is not how much you're still ego you and how much of that part of you you think still exists, but rather how quickly do I recover from the times and the moments and the thinking where that way of thinking was, was dominating, where that's what was dominant in the moment. How willing am I to examine my mind more? And when I see, when, I'm, when I catch myself thinking in that way or reacting in that way or letting my thinking or choices or my life being guided by those, that thinking, I'm reflecting. How often am I more open to reflecting on that rather than avoiding it? Because it's easy, right? Because like I said, no one's under any obligation to do this. You don't have to do it. So when you uncover things in your mind that are unpleasant, you can decide, like, I'm not going to really look at that. You can make that choice. But when you do make that choice and you decide to do it, that shows progress because it shows a willingness to do something that will help you and that you know is important to do and that you know has value. So again, if you look at it through that new criteria of measuring progress, I'm sure a lot of you will probably find yourself in a better place than you've been thinking you're in. And if you find yourself being like, okay, well, I actually don't think I've been moving out of ego more quickly. I don't, if, even if I were to measure progress by that measuring stick, that's okay. Admitting that is the first step in changing it. You're not wrong or bad or deficient in some way because you haven't been able to seem to do that. It's just a matter of you still see a lot of value in the egoic thinking. You see a lot of value in its agenda and its plan and how it looks at things that's all and then you it's up to you to just decide do is that way of thinking truly valuable because again remember the how the egoic mind is value it's all about pain minimizing and keeping status quo like it's not what it sees as valuable isn't truly valuable on a deeper level you don't want what it wants for you right so it's just a matter of deciding okay like like i said before right like a lot of ego it will value beliefs that allow you to keep doing things that the way you've been doing. So you might find yourself resistant to embracing a certain idea because it's like, okay, if I embrace that idea, then it means that I have to make certain changes in my life. So I've been resisting embracing that idea because I don't want to do those things. But is that how I truly feel? Do I truly want to keep abusing alcohol? Do I truly want to keep stay in this relationship with this person that I know is, is not a good match for me and doesn't really treat me well? Do I want to keep just my general lifestyle that I'm living, that I'm doing things that are, are unhealthy mentally, physically, emotionally? 
do I really want that? My egoic mind sees value because my egoic mind wants to maintain the status quo. And my egoic mind is driven by minimizing fear and bad feelings. So again, egoic mind sees value in holding on to that belief. But what it values, do I really value that? Do I really want to live from pain minimizing mode and minimizing fear? Or do I want to dive into all of that so I'm not driven by pain and fear minimization? And that forms the basis of all of my decisions in life. And it forms the basis of how I move through the world in, in countless every aspect of it. And then a, a spiritually growth-oriented person would be like, yeah, no, like ego me sees value in that. But ultimately, no, I don't see value in that. And then you make a choice. And that choice is powerful. Because spirit's like, oh, if you truly sincerely are choosing to try, you really sincerely are like, I want to try to let this go. I really want to try to not be this way anymore. It's like, I can work with that. All I need is a little willingness. You open the door even a little bit for me. I can go in there and I can work with you and we can do this together. But we have to have that genuine willingness. So if, again, if you're somebody that you feel like even by that measuring stick, no, I don't really feel like I've made a, any progress. It's just recognizing it's only because I still see very, very deep value in that way of thinking and I haven't really been willing to let it go. Am I willing to let it go? Am I willing to have my mind changed? Your way. It has, to be, it has to be an emotionally sincere thing. It can't just be some kind of lip service thing you say. You have to mean it on an emotional level. Because again, energy vibration, just fancy words for feelings. It's what's happening on that feeling level that opens the doors. That opens the door for the change. That opens the door for the assistance. That opens the door for you to work with spirit or God or whatever word you like to use to help pluck all that shit out of your mind. So that you, the truth, the spirit, thought system, again, whatever you want to call all those teachings and ideas. I want to continue to grow that awareness of those ideas. I want that thought system to become more dominant in my life. I want that to be the filter through which I view things. I want that to be the thinking that informs my choices more consistently. I want that to be my more natural habitual way of thinking where I just do things based on spirit automatically. I want to automate my pro. I want to create new automated programming, right? Cause that's another thing too. You start to see happens. Whereas in the beginning or in certain situations where there's a lot of charge, we have to kind of, it feels like a more of a conscious effort to try to embrace that thinking. But overall, you probably, a lot of people start to see that that way of thinking becomes more habitual you start to see your programming has changed where before it was like habitual locked and loaded egoic programming and that automatically informed everything without a thought and just like that was your automatic response to everything. Now you might start seeing like spirit is your automatic response and you're like, oh yeah, like, and sometimes you might not even notice you're doing it, but it, because it's becoming more second nature and you, and again, you might be underestimating your progress. You might be underestimating how much you've built up this these ideas in your mind and it expanded them in your mind. So, yeah, think about that. Not how much is ego and all of that still present in you. How much are you recovering and bouncing back and shifting gears once you've seen that you've started going down that path? How much more open have you become to expanding your mind? 
How much more have you developed a genuine emotional willingness, not just some intellectual thing, but emo like a true willingness that I really want to, to embrace these ideas. I really do want to change my thinking. I do want to change my mind. I see the only hope for me <laughs> is if I change my mind, because if I keep looking to the external world for my peace, I'm going to be in trouble. If I keep looking to politicians, thinking we need to get this party in power, or these people, it's like, hmm, I'm looking for a group of people to make my life better and collectively make humanity better. And we're looking to a group of people who generally, not maybe not everybody, but generally speaking, right, are the, probably the most self-serving group of people on the planet. So then that's problematic when we look to the collective and we think, you know, we look to, for politicians to be our savior and all that kind of stuff. And we're like, oh yeah, like I'm looking for people that to help me that essentially only primarily care about themselves. So that's not, again, as a whole, not all politicians maybe, but if we want to look at them in a group as a general, you know, on average, pretty self-serving group of people, right? Same thing with like other people in our life. If you think other people need to change, to feel better and your obstacle to peace is how your mom is or how your sister is or how your husband is. It's like, that feels bad too, because I can't make them change. They might never change. They might see no problem with how they behave or how they act or how they talk to me. So that's going to be bad, right? Anything external, right? Whether it's that collective with politicians and corporations and this more collective level of change or interpersonal, more your interpersonal, personal sphere, what you have or don't have, right? <clears throat> we start to see changing our mind, changing our thinking is our is truly our only hope in that sense because that's the only thing we can truly control. Lots of spiritual teachings will tell us the problem is strictly within our mind and it's never what's happening outside of us. And I think for a lot of people, even if they're resistant to that idea on some level, I think most people, even the people most resistant on some level, they recognize that that's true. In my own life, I'm definitely starting to see the truth of that. That doesn't mean that I still don't react, react egoically. But like I said before, the egoic reaction in and of itself isn't the true problem. It's how quickly do I try to recover from that? And when I say recover, I don't mean to trying to force like some total shift, like you're super, super angry and then like trying to get super, super happy and be like, oh, it's just, you know, that's just an illusion or that's wrong thing, right? It's, it's, but when I, so I want to make that clear. When I talk about recover, I don't mean like a, like a literal three, like total 180, like, you know, the second you catch yourself, there still might be some residual feeling. You still might be upset and charged up. But like I said before, there's now an awareness of this other thinking that's been expanding in you on this ongoing expansion of these other ideas and your awareness, they're taking up more space in your mind now and you're aware of that thinking and it kind of can mitigate things a little bit. You're more open to that way of thinking. Whereas before you would totally shut down that spirit thought system and totally go with ego. And it's like completely like, this is how it is. And I'm pissed off and not even willing to consider an alternative interpretation. So again, if we think about, you know, how quickly we recover and that way of measuring progress too, I think could take a lot of pressure off of us because if we're measuring, because if we view this journey as we, at some point we reach some sort of perfect state where we're never bothered by anything. And there might be very enlightened people that have engaged in 
intense mind training for like many years. There probably are people like that. But if we talk about the average person, even a more quote unquote advanced person, if you're still living at least somewhat of a worldly life, you're not like some monk living in a monastery or something and haven't you know, given up everything. Again, ego will probably still be there. So if, we, if we're going to measure our progress by this complete elimination of that part of us or negative feelings or negative thinking, and we think at some point we're going to like never think that way or feel that way, that seems like a pretty intimidating goal. And it's not really the goal that we need to reach. That's not what's going to, we, we don't need to achieve that to feel a lasting, greater, more consistent sense of peace and emotional well-being in our lives. It's about changing our relationship to that thinking, changing our response to that thinking, a willingness to explore that thinking and reject that thinking. That's, that's that recovery, right? All of that sort of stuff. Again, not some literal, like in the real time shift from like blinding anger to like, you know, all permeating peace through every fiber of your being. Because like I said, that shift in thinking and that ability to recover and question that thinking and, and willingness to not let it be dominant, that's our best hope for what we're seeking peace-wise. And like I said, energy vibration are just fancy words for feeling. So all this internal shift will lead to more pleasant external outcomes. It's not really, you know, a lot of spiritual teaching would tell you don't make the external change the goal, but they do acknowledge, like A Course in Miracles, for example, is very concerned with just changing your mind and your thinking. It's not concerned with the world of form because it thinks it's illusory, but it is very clear in stating all of these changes in your mind will have a, a an effect on the world of form. It's, it's inevitable because your mind is, is what's creating this reality. Right? So, you know, the part, so, so for those of you that are very reluctant to go internally because he thinks needs some, some sacrifice or abandoning of the external that's that's not really true. Um, your external world will will respond to all of this deep inner work. It might look different than you think if you're not focusing very specifically on very specific external goals. Those things in particular may not necessarily happen, but something else might happen that you would find just as pleasing that would give you the same feeling that you were, because everything you want is a feeling anyway. It will feel the same way as getting this thing you thought might have felt or whatever. But basically my point is don't, because I know that's a big reluctance of this, going internally does not mean sacrificing the world of form and like nothing. It's no, it's just your, if you're working on the, your mind is level of cause. So any work you do on your mind is going to benefit the external world. The only difference is whereas before your, your end everything you're doing was with the end of getting something externally. Now your end is internal change, changing your mind, healing your emotional wounds, uh, creating a greater sense of peace in your life, a greater sense of emotional well-being. And all of the egoic concerns are natural byproducts of that. So there's, those things are still going to happen. And ironically, but not ironic, the egoic mind would call this ironic, but spirit thought system would be like, this is not ironic at all. But we would generally say it's ironic is the less you focus on the external, the more easily it changes. 
The more you stop caring about certain things happening, the more easily they actually happen. Again, ego mind would be like, well, isn't that ironic? But it's not really ironic. It, from a spirit thought system, it makes perfect sense. There's no irony there at all. It's like, it's like no, yeah, of course, that, that's, that's a perfect unfolding of things. That's exactly how it would be. So, again, I always like to remind people with the internal, you're not abandoning the external. It's okay. Like I said before, with the egoic thing, um, kind of the same thing, you know, your preferences and your wants aren't really the problem. I once read once, and I never really thought about it this way, but it kind of made sense. One of the spiritual teachers I was reading talked about how our seemingly our personality self and its preferences is just a neutral expression of consciousness. It's not good. It's not bad to feel like you prefer this or prefer that. The issue, like that's not really ego, those preferences in and of themselves. Ego is when, the ego of that all is the attachment to the preference and thinking I need that to be just that way. And when things don't go the way you prefer, you get upset and your peace gets disturbed. The ego of like manipulate, that's all the ego. The preferences and all of that in and of themselves are pretty neutral. So if you still have preferences for certain things, that's okay. It's not wrong. It's not bad. It's just, but it's like, so don't, you know, don't judge any of that. It's just the problem is all the, all the attachment to it. And you can pursue your preferences in a way where they're not the end in and of themselves, but the pursuit of them, the acquisition of them. If you want spirit, spirits, like if you invite me into all of that, I could help you use all of those preferences to... Not as, again, not as an end in of themselves, but that whatever happens in the process of acquiring them, whatever happens when you get them, I can use your business, I can use your relationships, I could use all of these things as a way to help you gain greater peace. There's all sorts of lessons within all of that that can be used to do it. So again, it's not about giving up on any of that. You don't have to, it's not wrong or not bad to want any of those things. The problem comes with the attachment to it all trying to make things happen and all of that bad feeling action. And when things don't go the way you want, getting really upset, it's just like, that's again, right. That's, that's the problem. But the preferences in and of themselves, we could view them as just like this neutral, like this personality self we appear to have here with all of these unique wants and needs. It's just like kind of this just neutral thing. And it only, all of that only becomes a problem when, you know, the ego part of that is again, not the preference itself necessarily, but the attachment to the preference and getting all bent out of shape when the preference is not met and doing things to have our preferences met that might not feel good, that might not be aligned and, and make us feel badly in some way just to get a certain outcome and none of it feels good, hurting people to maintain a preference, stuff like that. So yeah, I think that's about it. So think about that. If you were to shift this measuring stick from the sheer presence of all of that ego stuff to how quickly you kind of move past it, how much less it might affect you, how quickly you recover. You know, you don't get upset about things as long. You're more aware of the egoic stuff is not this blind kind of automatic thing you're doing, but you're actually, there's a part of you that's observing and you're aware of when you're doing acting from ego and you're like, Oh yeah, I don't really want to do that anymore. I don't really want to react in this way anymore. I don't really want to have this dynamic with this person anymore. I see where my ego thinking is contributing to these issues. 
and I'm aware now and I want to try to change that. That If you're doing all of that stuff, you are progressing quite well. And like I said before, with this new measuring stick, I think a lot of you will find yourselves in a much more quote-unquote advanced place than you might have thought previously. And that's a good thing because it's good to, you know, it's nice to think we're making progress and, and what we're doing is quote-unquote working and all of this stuff is not in vain. It never can be. You can, like I said, you can't do it right or wrong. It's, it's nothing like that. So yeah, that's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this. Have a great day or night. And for more content, products, and info about my coaching, head on over to livelifemageorder.com. Bye-bye.